Welcome back, everybody, to The Creative Moment, Season 3, Episode 3. I'm Dante Bullhauer. I'm a photographer. Jamie Bullhauer. I'm a writer. And obviously, with those two professions, you have a lot to do with creativity in our daily lives. So, let's break right into it. Okay. Oops. Well, can't win them all. <laughs> no cap. Oh. Oh, now I'm going <laughs> Okay, that was a boomer joke. Anyway, today we are talking about emotion and how it plays into our bodies of work kind of throughout our process overall. And obviously for you, in some senses, uh, writing novels, you go through a whole slew of emotions while you're writing that novel because it's a longer term project yep say like in relation to the digital media side of video there's a lot more kind of emotions that go into like a, a wedding video or things than just like a photo or a poem so what first of all how big of a role does emotion play in your work and then kind of describe maybe a a like key moment that you've really felt kind of an emotion from you exuded into uh, a project. Okay. So it's interesting because you already touched on it and, uh, and we've talked about the uh, creative process for ourselves and then for the reader or the person who hired you. Um, and emotion overall plays a huge factor, I think, in both creation, but then also in the finished product. And... Um, depending on the piece, depending like, so you're just, you're in the midst of a big time, uh, in your business with all the state, you know, so you have to, you're supposed to get the crowd hyped up and, you know, so yeah. now you may not feel that, you know what I'm saying, as a creator, but you know that this finished part has to do that. And so it's an interesting and complex, um, question and because there's some people uh, poets and stuff too that like there's no such thing as happy poetry or um along those lines and so the first part that i will um address is for the reader for me or for for the consumer um because sometimes even as we're just starting um, I was thinking about when I when I write blog posts because sometimes I'm set to kind of write a, a negative or or I'm talking about um, doubt or stuff like that, and I end up creating an ending that is more positive or is inspirational. When that's not actually how I felt, or even as I felt as I finished writing, I'm like. You know, because um, I just about two months ago, I wrote um, one about being filled with doubt and stuff like that. And my purpose was not to make it inspirational. Was it? That's not how I was feeling. But as I was writing it, as I was thinking about the reader um, and, and things like that, I was like, okay, I the overall message... I don't, I don't want them to feel that way. I want them to recognize and connect and know that it is, but in the overall scheme that a low point just means you're going to start climbing. 
and in novels and some of my longer work, um, characters can't always, they don't stay in one emotion. And in fact, even if we have a rough time or even if we have a really good stint in life and we're really hyper, we don't stay in one emotion very long. And you can't create characters and stuff that just stay in that emotion because then that's not, that doesn't connect to the um, real life experience that in my case, somebody would be uh, reading, um, you know, the few of the longer short stories or the um, couple novels I've got word count. I'm coming. I've, I've got a couple. They might be Stay done. Tuned. Might be done by this summer. I'm really hoping. Um, and so, you have to, as a creative, I do. Obviously, rough drafts are always for me. Second drafts are always for the reader or something along that lines. And I do consider and and really think about how they're going to respond. Because um, even I've got the second book, I've got some word countdown for the Twin Valley story, and I've got a really rough section in there. Um, and I've I've read it to my writing group, and they're like, "Wow, that's real," you know. But I know I've got to bring the reader out of that. Also, I mean, we got to sit in that moment, but then we got to move, and I got to build towards um, a deeper theme with it. Um, so. Yeah, you you got a different view of this, so you got yeah, so, you got lots of different work too. That yeah, and obviously I've I've talked a lot about short films in in this podcast and stuff. Um, just recently, I, I'm in the middle of the winter sports state season for high school. Um, I just saw my actual so for specific events, I have videos that play on big screens, jumbotrons, video boards. And that's always the coolest experience watching my work up there because you, I literally see and feel and hear the, the consumer's reaction. And so I just had my state wrestling video play in front of like a sold out CHI Health Center. I got to watch it. It was super cool. And I think that like knowing kind of, we talked about the definition of success on this too, but I think that real and kind of true quality art is how well it brings that emotion out of the consumer like i know when i'm editing a video if i'm watching it back and i'm getting an adrenaline rush and i don't even <laughs> like wrestling sorry i don't then i know that that video hopefully will like most likely exude get the crowd pump get the wrestlers pump that sort of thing and so it plays a huge role in almost everything because it's not just oh look at this cool landscape look at this cool like photo i want to take them on that kind of emotional journey that i was on and for photos a lot of that comes out in the edit but it also comes out in composition there's some technical aspects of it like if you have a wider angle a lower angle shooting up at a player it makes them feel bigger more like grand and and kind of atmospheric, if you will, or whatever. So there's there's technical parts that just are kind of like proven to get emotion, but then I want them to feel what I felt creating the product. And it's it's just so cool to be able to 
see it really come to life and kind of reassure you when you see something play, like when you read to, to Twitter space or something, you get that like live reaction that really helps reassure you that you are pushing that emotion out and having it be, be on that paper or that, that photo. Yeah. And I just connecting it because I was just talking to my seventh grade creative class and we were talking about words and so obviously writing. And um, they had to write this uh, story just based off of one sentence. Um, and in the sentence, there's black smoke happening. And so then after they wrote their stories and everything, I was like, okay, how many people actually wrote about something bad happening? You know, and like a lot of them, and one person actually had a happy story, but I was like, I was trying to show and talk about the universal and you talk about there are certain shots, there's technical things, there are certain words um, that we might use that universally we all understand and we connect to. And the creative part is bringing something new, a different edge, or presenting it in a way um, that hasn't been done before, or you know, uh, adding a, a, another element to enhance. And so I was just with the seventh graders, and I, you know, it probably went over their head, but I think they kind of got that. It's like, look, we all experience some things together. Our experiences are all unique to us, but those emotions, we all get it. And that's how come, and that's the power of writing, it's the power of photography. Um, you know, anybody who has ever lost a, a game, some of your shots that deal with that, like, they know that feeling. Yep. They may not have stood that way on the sideline, but they understand the head down, uh, the helmet just, you know, that long gaze you have at the, the last game you've ever played and you're looking at the court or the, you know, we, we've all been there. The photograph that you catch or the video is unique for that moment, but everybody who sees it goes, yep, you know, and or reads a word or reads a line or something like that. And that is the powerful part of the way emotion plays into our creative production. Yeah, because in a sense, you are connecting with each individual consumer through that you both relating on that same wavelength. Someone that, for example, like the, that sports photo, the I know the one you're talking about, the yep. Aurora photo, yep. after they just lost the state finals, someone that maybe didn't play sports or wasn't involved in sports may not relate to that. But someone who was an athlete at any point on any big stage and came up short can feel that, like, they it comes back into their mind, their memory of that. Like, they can feel that emotion. And connecting with the familiarity of the consumer and you is, I like, I feel like that's a really important part of creative work because if you if you can't connect if they can't relate to that's why i'm kind of seeing a, a trend in photography now where 2000 like 16 17 18 kind of when i was first starting everybody was taking like crazy photos of on top of skyscrapers hanging on <laughs> by nothing like and as a consumer you can't most people can't relate to that so that art it's kind of shifted now into at least Maybe this is just kind of what I follow. Um, more fine art and simplistic and intentional photos. Not just look at this sick mountain. Look at this insane place. So that It's trying to connect emotionally with the viewer now. Because not everybody's seen a mountain. But some people have seen you know cool places. Things like that. 
there's obviously sports. Almost anybody that played sports can relate to that. But just stuff like that where connecting and bringing that familiarity into your work so that the person that consumes it can relate to their own personal experience with that emotion, I feel, is is critical in, in creating. Yeah. And so a, a deeper question, and we've talked about a couple of it, but you had mentioned you were getting, you were starting to feel hyped as you were building the hype video and stuff. But I, I know that you work some tough hours and as you create. So in, in, in the world of poetry, especially, there are some people like, you know, um, and even Langston Hughes mentioned that he didn't really write a lot of positive poetry. He's like, I didn't write when I felt good. Um, I felt when I felt sad and, uh, you know. So do or to create a great end product, do you have to experience the same emotions? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, for example, this, this wrestling video. Shooting it, I was not super adrenaline-filled. I don't really understand wrestling. So I don't know, like... Oh, that was sweet how they did that thing. <laughs> Got back points or whatever. To, like, whatever. Editing it and kind of crafting the story was where, when I started to kind of be, like, pumped up about it. I think some part of you... I don't necessarily think that while creating that product, you have to experience that emotion. But you have had to have, in the past, to be able to convey it correctly if you are like struggling with like depression things like that you haven't been really like happy or peaceful maybe in a couple years and then you try and write a happy poem i don't think it will connect as well but if you have something to look of a vivid experience or memory of that emotion i think that if you can pull that out from the archives of of your memories no matter what you're feeling, I think you can still kind of put that emotion into that piece of work. Like, so the first state wrestling video is the one I was really hyped on. The second one, I woke up at 3.30 a.m. because I was too tired at midnight to do it. And all I was really thinking about was like, I'm just excited to go home, to be <laughs> honest. I was tired. I was so tired. I was like, the snow, I, car yeah. thing, blah. <laughs> I, I didn't feel hyped up in that moment, but I I knew from the night before or whatever, I knew what worked and how to put that emotion into that product, even though at that time, for the duration of creating that video from shooting to editing, I wasn't really like psyched up. Okay. But that's your skill set too, which we have touched yes. upon too. And the reason why... You know, a lot of our videos just connect because that's life. That's creativity. You, If you got a strong skill set, you can work and build on other things, even though at the moment, you know, um, you're maybe not feeling the same emotion. And same true writing longer pieces, novels and stuff like that. Okay, you got to work through those things because again if you set your goals and you re get your word count and then you got to edit you know there's a lot of work and we touched upon this already but people do not understand the work that is involved in real creation the finished product is the epitome of 
one, like getting the idea, then creating it, then revising it. Like there's so much that goes into a final product that the consumer just goes over their head because they don't know. Yeah. And it's, I, they don't need to know, no. but maybe they should. Um, and as you're talking and as we're th- uh, within that question, and I know I've said this before, Neil Gaiman has a, a quote that to be a good writer, you need to go live. Because he's, and in this interview um, on YouTube, somebody's like, I know a lot of good writers that is very strong writing, but it's just boring. Why? Because they haven't lived. They haven't felt emotions. They haven't had their heart broken or be awed by the scenery or, or things like that. Um, and so I don't think that you always have to feel the exact emotion that you're writing about or creating about or painting or drawing or anything. But I think you're right. We, you got to, um, tap in to that. You got to sometimes bring in that memory. You got to, because again, we already talked about that in another video, all art is a bridge and I don't think it's fully art until it's been received. And the viewer, the reader, whatever, um, has to be part of the connection. And so that work part goes into play and you know if you got the right word choice, you know if you got the right angle, you know, um, or, you know, a cut scene on the beat for your music, you know, because yours is a little bit more complex sometimes with the videos, um, that they're going to connect on that universal level with whatever emotion that, that we're trying to, to do in that creation. Yeah, so with, I kind of want to dive into your kind of novels and stuff. With that, there's the complexity of kind of the underlying overall theme and emotion that you want to convey. But then there's all the the ups and downs of the storyline, personal characters, their ups and downs of their character storyline. How do you kind of put that together where you, even through like maybe a moment well, like a, a rough scene in kind of a maybe an inspirational or whatever piece, combine those emotions that's, and still have it direct on the same path to, towards the same goal, even though some of the emotions in the book are not, it's not all just directly end goal emotion yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Uh, so this is where I've learned as the longer pieces and stuff. And again, I, you know, we've talked about, you've always got to learn. Okay. You can't, um, and I've gotten better at actually like doing the rough draft, like timeline, some things, um, and working, um, with because in novel writing and fiction writing and stuff you you can only have so many protagonists meaning main characters like and i think in my first real book i got a little heavy on trying to trying to make all my characters be important and all um and the the second uh story of the twin valley uh i've trimmed that down a little bit um because that's really hard because then you gotta you got all this time that you have to invest into the character so that people care about what they feel like because mm-hmm. if they don't care about if they're having a bad day it, then yeah it doesn't work yep because they're just like ah. um, i don't know anything about this yeah they're just like okay um 
And and then and a couple of the other ones. So I've gotten better at putting down the main moments and correlating with what emotion and aspect that connects to the final message or theme that I do have. I I some people say when they write and then the character just goes off on her own, and I kind of understand that because I do that in blogging more. Um, to a degree, and that because stories can morph, and I, I agree with that, but I don't think you sit down to write a novel and it just comes yep. yeah, uh, uh, to I don't sit down with a video and foot it and be like, oh, we'll just it, throw just, this yeah. in, and it comes out, and I'm like, I love that. And that's never... <laughs> no, it just... It, uh, and so I've done better at, uh, on that. I've strengthened my my work... Um, ideas out instead of kind of being random but that's also why I don't think some of these novels have come to completion because I was too random on that and therefore if I didn't inspire I didn't know what was going to happen I didn't write and therefore didn't get done so now I've been working and things are progressing a lot better and so it's just work. And if you to, can see that end goal yeah, beforehand see, it's easier to get there than if you're just kind of Trying yeah. to navigate where your oh, this mind might be a good thing that happens here. Well, it, if it doesn't move the story along or it doesn't help build to an understanding, then it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't and that's work. something I talked about with JC, my <laughs> sister, about like the intentionality of put like every through watching a, a, a lot of Netflix lately too much. The intentionality of every shot. There's a reason for every dialogue. There's a reason for every angle and color grade. There's so much of that that is just trying to pull that emotion out of you so that when you finally get to the end, the message even is so clearly delivered that subconsciously you feel it without even knowing that like they were trying to get you to feel that emotion. And that's where... I think I kind of differ from Bass is because like Top Gun, it's like, yeah, I know what's going to happen before I even watch the movie. <laughs> he's going to do something crazy impossible and he's going to succeed. And some one of the kind of main characters is going to die. That's it. That's why I don't watch Marvel movie like or like I like comedy sometimes, but the, the story just doesn't go deep enough that I just don't really get into them. And so... With those kind of more in-depth stories, I love breaking down, like, what emotion are they trying to pull by that shot being so compressed? Like, they're trying to isolate that person from his environment by making it totally blurred out in the background. And that's, like, that's stuff that true art and, and real, like, high-quality things, you have to think about that in almost every sentence, every line, every photo, every video to be able to execute that final theme message properly. Yeah. Well, even pop culture movies and stuff do that work too. And I yes. get that. Um, but it is, again, I think that's something the everyday person just enjoys. I mean, and they connect. That's why people like some things and people don't like others. And that's okay. You don't have to like my stuff. Other people will. Um, because it's it's building that connection. But the intention of stuff, I was just thinking as you were talking, um, w which one of the newer Star Wars um, 
where where the the spaceship blew up and there was no sound. And I remember the theater said the film is not broken. There is a you know because people are so shocked mm-hmm. of having silence. But when something explodes in space, there you know, there, you know and yeah. there was no music to bring. This was just like it was supposed to hit you. But the theater had to put up a sign because mm-hmm. people were like, "Hey, there's something wrong." And I just thought that was though that that was cool because all space movies and everything have all this noise that mm-hmm. goes and for that shot, and I can't remember which one it is, but that's okay. You know, it just like and it blows up and there's just nothing, and all you see is all the the flame and the shrapnel, you know, and it just like it hits differently and. Um, they intentional. They had to because it's such a habit mm-hmm. to have noise, background music, you know, whatever on all those scenes. But they wanted that moment for you to just go, just kind oh of my. be you and what you're seeing. Yeah. They didn't want. Yeah. So connecting this to the office, <laughs> their their <laughs> spaceships to Michael Scott, they. The producers and writers talk about their favorite scenes throughout the show are the silent ones. So like when they turn off the mic, when Jim proposes to Pam, there's no audio there. And so it kind of hits you weird. You're like, I want to know what they're saying. But you're just experiencing that moment in kind of like a a raw sense. And well, so, the more like real life because we don't it's not high school musical we don't have music all the time and you could hear the so when he proposed it was outside his gas station it was raining you could hear the cars in the rain you couldn't hear what they were saying and it was a super zoomed in shot you could tell they're far away it's like it brings that moment for them it feels more personal and like that's something you wouldn't normally expect it's a big moment you want to hear the audio and they chose to do that, and I, I think it executed it like perfectly. So that's kind of our synopsis <laughs> on emotion. We kind of sprinkled in a little tricks. We, we kind of we, we didn't just let it flow like we was just not told planned not as to well do. as yeah. yeah. We didn't have any main moments in there, but that's kind of how we roll yeah. here. We de- we decide this topic like two minutes before shooting. So. With that, we hope you guys enjoyed. We hope you guys are enjoying uh, Season 3 so far. This was The Creative Moment, Season 3, Episode 3, and we'll see you guys in two weeks.